questions about why you switched your homeroom, but I think it's cause of me. Betty, one time I was riding on my skateboard when I passed your house. It's like I couldn't breathe. Welcome back. Beards Watch Podcast, episode 226. Charlotte's number one podcast recorded in a basement. A couple days before Thanksgiving, Jeeves had to tap out because he was working a little bit later. But we've got Duvall and Bridget. Duvall, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, happy Thanksgiving Eve, Eve. Uh, looking forward to some good food later on this week. Um, if you're looking for me, um, it's Rod vs. Duvall on Twitter and just Duvall on Instagram. All right. And as I mentioned a couple months ago, Bridget has now moved up into our what one A spot. So whenever Jeeves or Duvall can't, you know, join, she gets the first text message, and she's been the one that's actually been able to join on the last minute. So Bridget, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. I'm glad you still are asking me, even <laughs> after being on the other ones. You still like me enough to ask me, so I'm happy about that. Hey, the best ability is availability, and again, I don't look at that as a negative thing right now. I just look at it as hey, it's good to have it's good to have a three strong uh, help host here. So, Bridget, where can you be found on social medias if you want to be found? Um, you can find me at Wine Under the Bridge on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and um, definitely check that out if you're interested in wine at all. On Friday, we have a big sale, Black Friday sale coming up. So check that out if you're interested in some uh, other sales coming the beginning of December for Christmas. So that's where you can find me. All right. And for uh, me, it is J Roll Nation on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, the Beards Watch Podcast. And you can find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and all that good stuff at the Beards Watch Podcast. And then, if you, of course, on YouTube, they see me rolling. You can find our uh, brew reviews and our reaction videos and all that good stuff as well, so subscribe to that. So our guest this evening is a friend of Jerrianna's, who I've known for a handful of years. Obviously, when I first started dating Jerrianna, I met her. She has been out painting all up the town of Charlotte and Belmont and everywhere with all kinds of murals and everything. Her artwork actually is in our house in multiple bedrooms and bathrooms and all that good stuff. So, Irsel, how you doing? I am great. A little tired, but great. <laughs> you look you look a little tired. You look like you've just been painting and painting and painting. Hey, it's been a marathon for the last two months. Yeah. So for the people who have no idea who you are, kind of give a brief background on yourself, and then we're going to get into how you got into painting all these murals, it seems like, in the city of Charlotte and beyond. Um, well, I'm a... Uh, Local artist, Charlotte artist. Um, I I live in Charlotte. I went to school at App State. Uh, got a degree in psychology and a degree in political science, and now I'm painting. Um, <laughs> but a lot of that is in my artwork, so it works. It works out. Um, and I've been doing art full time for three years now. Okay. So, how did you kind of like you said? You get out of App State. How did you start to guess get back into into the paint? I mean, I guess you never really left painting, but how did you start making it to where you're painting the sides of buildings in Nodi? Now you're painting the sides of buildings in Belmont. 
How does that all come about? So I was working for an investment company, and uh, it, it was it, it was what's the best word? What's the way to describe it? Uh, I wasn't thrilled about that. And then one time they gave me a project to do, and they gave me some markers, and they're like, "Hey, can you do a poster for our team?" And I spent a good four or five hours working on that poster, and I remember thinking how happy I was during that time. That I was I was happier those four hours than the nine months that I had been working at the company. So that's when I was like, okay, this is it. I got up. <laughs> I can't live this way. So how long? How long was that? So like when you got that job, did you get that job out of out of App State? No, I went back to Hickory, where okay. my parents were. Well, uh, Hanover, and then while I was working there, I was managing a shop, and then I got this job, and then came here. Okay, so then you were working there, and how long was that in between? You said a couple years, then you were like, "Yo, I, it's time for me to start back into the painting." Yeah, so uh, I, it wasn't even that long. I think maybe three years when I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to art and." do it okay. uh, and try to do this. So now are you just like an individual kind of contractor? You freelance? Basically. Basically? Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So like I I do, I collaborate with different people or different organizations to do artwork for the commission work. So what have, what have been, what's been your latest, your past, I've seen, like I said, I've seen them on Instagram. You, you've done a couple in Noda. So how does one, does someone just reach out to you and then you're like, hey, put it together? How does that process all work? So thankfully, uh, the commission work, has, well, in terms of murals, um, people that know my work, they're like, hey, I want, I want a mural. So give me a quote and then we go from there. Okay. And then get a design going and contract and all that. Is that, like your main thing now is painting murals is that your muse is that your medium no so i really like doing murals but i really like uh, fine art as well it's very different uh, the way that i describe it so murals to me are very free and i get to do a lot of uh, fun work where my studio work is a lot more uh, conceptual and i go deeper into different topics and they they're a little harder to digest my murals are more like let's enjoy this it's beautiful and color and so it's like your party friend and then your friend that you like talk to when you need to talk <laughs> so like those two they balance each other out very well okay so what would be your like dream project oh that's a good question um you know, I was, I was talking to uh, different people about this. I would love to make a, uh, to collaborate with somebody like Disney and create a character, or like a story, and uh, develop a cartoon, a movie. Oh, okay, okay. Now, do, <clears throat> I know from Jerrianna telling me, and I think you've told me before we hung out, you're, you are from Costa Rica, correct? Costa Rica, correct. Yes. Okay, I immigrated so little. when you were, how old were you when you immigrated? Ten. Ten. Does that play a big factor into some of your work? Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of my imagery has to do with uh, Costa Rican 
landscape and uh, fauna and flora, as well as the things that I like to talk about, um, the things I criticize <laughs> in terms of the culture. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Duval, you got anything? I know you probably got your wheels burning over there. Uh, well, I guess my, my question would be, um, since you've done so much, what's been the most, I guess, memorable um, artwork that you've done, whether it be your first um, first piece of artwork that you put up, in, whether it was in Noda or Belmont, but what was, the, I guess, your favorite one? And then one that kind of you kind of just maybe maybe you can think back, maybe you, you could wish you could do over and do a different way, maybe. Um, well, it, so the mural that I just did in Bucking Walls, that was fun to do. Um, I loved it because they gave us complete creative freedom. So they're like, hey, we gave you a wall, do whatever you want to do as long as, uh, you know, space within, not like it's not racist that you know doesn't yeah. have ridiculous things on it uh, you're free to do whatever uh, you want to do so that was great um i really enjoyed that and then this belmont mural that i'm doing right now it's really enjoyable as well because of the creative freedom it's usually it boils down to that when somebody's like do whatever you want kind of um <laughs> then i get to put in my uh my view of it or my techniques or whatever i feel like putting in there and that's a lot of fun um, so the talking walls, it was just really, really fun. A lot of my friends were doing murals at the same time and it was a lot of social, uh, interaction there. Uh, but at the same time, I would have done that a little differently because I did a lot of socializing during that time. During that time. <laughs> so I stressed out a lot about, uh, having like meeting the deadline of, uh, finishing it up quickly. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I would do it differently, but I definitely learned silver lining of, how much socializing I can do while I'm working. Okay. And, so, and I guess prior to prior, prior to making this full time, um, how long were you into art? Were you always doing this as a child and going through, or was it something you kind of just one day you just kind of just grew to love, whether it was a teenager or whatever it was? No, ever since I can remember, I, I did art. Um, I remember I used to grab my mom's eyeshadows. And she had these eyeshadows that were really cheap and had all these colors. And so I would grab them and use them like pastels. And I would make her uh, landscapes with her eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> she loved that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I always kept doing it. And even through uh, while I was in uh, middle school, I did it. High school, I did it. And then when it came time to college, I went in thinking I was going to do art. Uh, but then I chickened out because I'll... I got a lot of um, input of how artists starve and all this. And yeah. I was the first generation college student. So I was like, well, maybe I should do something a little bit more structured and blah, blah, blah. And so I went away from it. I, I kept doing art, but I wasn't seeing it as a potential for income. So, yeah, that's interesting because most, I mean, I've seen your work, and you're you're pretty talented. I mean, you're painting on the side of buildings, so it's not like you're putting up shoddy work yeah. here. How? I mean, what did somebody have to say to you to not? I mean, I understand we all talk about you want to at least be able to put food on the table and all that. So, was that the deciding factor from not going and pursuing it in college? I just I never knew anybody who did it full okay. time. 
Okay. So I didn't know how realistic it really was. And yeah. all of the stories that I ever heard, it was either like you have this artist that is a millionaire or you're <laughs> starving. Like I never knew that That's there was true. a middle That's that true. I could achieve. <laughs> so when, when did you finally realize there was a middle? I mean, you had a stable job. You realized you needed art in your life by just painting some poster boards for your company. When did you start realizing, like, okay, like, I can actually make decent money off of this? I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I was miserable, so I was like, I will make it work. And, you know, I told myself, I was like, I have succeeded in all these other things that I hate. Well, not hate, but that I don't love. Like, I highly doubt that I'm going to let myself down on this one. So I just went for it. I was like, I'll figure it out. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out somehow. And that's what I did. And that's wild. I think that it shows the difference in maturity. You know, when you're when you're 18 coming out of high school, you're kind of like, oh, wait, I know I want to do this, but I'm not too sure about it. But then you finally, you went through some life experiences. You went and got that job that everyone says, hey, I just want to work that nine to five, hit the, hit the pay clock, get the, you know, get the paycheck and realize, wait, this isn't fun for me. And then you were like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to take that gamble and risk. I think that's a wild, that's a cool little step of growth there to see. And it shows the difference between an 18-year-old and well, how old were you when you finally made that decision? Like 25. 25? So at 25, yes, I decided I was like, you know what? The only way that I can make this somewhat structured is to go back to school and get a master's. Okay. So I needed to work on my portfolio. And that's when this whole thing started. Ah. Travel. And did a lot of things. That's right. Because so I was asking Jerrianna beforehand if there's anything I missed that we should talk about, and she did bring up. So didn't you? Did you go to Spain for like a year to study art and do art? Yes. Yeah, so I went to Costa Rica first, and I was there because I was building my portfolio because I was going to apply to a master's program. Okay. Well, a lot of things happened while I was in Costa Rica. I was there for nine months, and then I went to Spain. And I was for a while, um, actually applied to the University of Barcelona there to do the MFA in contemporary art. Um, and then I came back here. Wow. Okay. So what, what was that experience yeah. like in Spain? It was great. So uh, in Spain, I actually got a solo show. It was my first one. And that made me really excited for the possibility. And in Spain... Uh, was the first time that I actually saw. Are we getting? Is there an echo? Yeah, it's like I don't know if it's on Bridget's. Bridget, are you getting feedback? I don't know if it's just like I think it's. There we go. Try that. There we go. Now go ahead. So back in, oh, yeah, Spain, in Spain. Yeah. That's when I saw that. Uh, there were artists who were full time and they they had a, a good living. I think that was the first time that I was that was like oh, okay, this can work out. Um, and then I came back to the states to uh, figure out how I was going to do this thing, and and then I did. So what was it? What did you see in Spain that kind of gave you that extra boost of confidence to really feel like okay, I can make this happen? Uh, well, when I got the show and I got a few commissions while I was there from a few people just to do like things like that, um, I saw that you like I saw it within like a business because then I could do the math of like how many portraits I needed to do or how many 
how much I need to sell for in order to live. Uh, so that made a difference in terms of actually, like now it's like, okay, so you need to make this amount of money and you can do this by doing this amount of paintings. Is that realistic? And I was like, yes, it is. So you can do it. So do you do a little bit of paintings on the side, then you do murals to kind of supplement some income? You know, are those your two main main things there, or do you dabble in a little bit of everything? So, thing, well, at this point, uh, so uh, my main thing right now is my series, the Machismo series. That's my main focus, and that's my studio work. Uh, but I do do projects with uh, different organizations. Like I work a lot with uh, the Arts and Science Council, and then when I do get the commissions to do murals, I do those. And again, it's because I like I get to relax from my work, my studio work with the murals, and then like vice versa, I get to um, be really uh, critical in my studio work while in my mural work, sometimes I have to uh, go with what the commission is asking for, not necessarily like whatever comes to my mind. What was the coolest piece of artwork you did see in Spain? Well, it's hard. Uh, What is the coolest artwork I saw? Oh, that's really... I went to the Goya house. I don't know if you're familiar with Goya. He painted the... the, the, What is the name? It's a mythical... He was very uh, dark. Okay. And I went to his house... (laughs) And saw a lot of his uh, sketches, and that was really cool for me because the whole experience of being there and like the things that, he, and a lot of little towns in Spain have made, remained exactly the same for hundreds of years, and like nothing yeah. has changed. So uh, it was interesting to see his artwork in terms of the place where he lived and where he was. So that was pretty cool. But uh, so. Um, there's, there's just art everywhere, especially yeah. Barcelona, like the, the cathedral there, the Sagrada Familia. It's insane. That was insane. <laughs> it's so, and like stuff like that really makes you, yeah, and stuff like that really makes you excited about humanity. Like you have all these terrible people and then you see things like that. You're like, humans are capable of creating these things out of their imagination. Like that's incredible. Yeah, that is pretty wild. So you, you, you got those experiences. So now do you think your your style definitely has some mix of the Costa Rican background and some Spain background in it when you do some of these projects? Or do you think sometimes it just depends on what each client wants? Uh, well, my depending on what my client wants, but I still have my, my style. Yeah. My style is realistic uh, a lot of the time. Um a lot of color and a lot of repetition. Okay. Uh, my work definitely has a lot of repetition. So Bridget actually lives in Belmont. So nice. where where can she go and find this mural? That's what I was going to ask. I'm dying to know. I literally I can walk to downtown Belmont. So if it's in there somewhere, I will go check it out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sweet. Um, it's at the new uh, public works uh, facilities, right in front of the um, of the river, the little river park. I don't know what the oh, name cool. of it is, but it's 
It's right there. And then the trains that they just put up around uh, Belmont, I did those too. The little sculptures. I don't Where's know if you've that? seen them. Is this- Where are they? They are they're around the city, actually. So it's like a scavenger hunt that they just oh. did. I think they installed them maybe a week ago. Um, I painted all of those. And it's really fun because they have a lot of historical context, but they're really tiny. Uh, so the idea is for uh, Belmont residents to go find them to learn about the history and to like have something cool to to interact with. Wow, that sounds that was so a cool, cool project. I love doing I that. I cannot wait to check that out. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, now Bridget, yeah, I guess so you have, those should be around downtown. Yeah, you have a post Thanksgiving activity now. Yeah, nice little socially distant <laughs> like outdoor activity. I'm so excited for it. Correct. So, Irsel, have you seen yes, with, with this pan, with this pandemic? Have you seen any, has your business dipped at all, or do you feel like people are now doing some more things art related to touch up their outdated stuff? You know, I was just talking to uh, some artist friends about this, and we were all like, uh, you know, when it's usually when the economy goes down, the arts is what suffers first. Yeah. But I guess everybody has just been sitting at home looking at their wall well you know <laughs> like, i'm really bored we need some art yeah <laughs> so no if anything uh 2020 although aside from all the terrible things that have happened uh has been really good in terms of business um yeah i haven't stopped wow it's been great yeah because i bet there are people that are like i heard a lot of people are wanting to do all types of like home projects and stuff and that i know that's something i'm looking at in my house is like how can i decorate this house better when I'm just sitting here looking at it all the time so I'm sure that that's inspiring people to want to to get more artwork done for sure yeah and you know what I think that also all these people who have had to been be home have recognized the value of art um so all these business owners have also recognized that because during the stay at home, like that's what people went to art, like movies, uh, reading, um, watching plays, like everything that, that you could do was art related. So I think that people are like, okay, maybe this, this is important in society. We should, uh, support these people who are trying to do this. What, yes. what is your most prized piece of artwork that you own? It may be yours or it may be somebody from somebody else's. Um, I have a beautiful, well, I have a few, uh, but my top two, I have, um, I have one for my great, great, uh, uncle mm-hmm. who was an artist in Costa Rica and it was, it's a strange story, but somehow we ended up at this house that we didn't know who it was. And the girl was like, yeah, I have this and she just gave me and it's a four foot um, painting and he painted a lot of botanicals as well so uh, it goes very along with my work so that's one of my prized possessions okay so so one that wouldn't necessarily fetch a big price somewhere else but it means a lot to you and your family yes well to me to you yeah <laughs> to you okay okay now, yeah, now go ahead, so as far as artwork, so like if 
just I'm just sitting here thinking about my house. So like <laughs> if I have like if I have like dozens of different colors on my wall and like an accent wall. So if I wanted like just like like a free like just an image of like myself painted like on the wall. Do you specifically would you be able to specifically just do that? And I'm just thinking for myself, like if I knew people that wanted to do art in their house, like would you do that? Are you cool with that? Or is it kind of specific to um I guess whatever style or is your kind of style to the point where you could do that, you could do um if I gave you a a picture of like a family member and you could just draw up something and do a painting that I could get framed and given to my parents or grandparents or something like that. Do you kind of, are you able to kind of basically be that diverse where you can do a little bit of everything? Yeah. So a lot of my, my work is realism. So I do portraits all the time. Um, I can basically copy any image that you have uh, into a painting. Uh, it just depends on whether that's uh, part of my goals right now of like where I'm trying, to, what I'm trying to do and where I'm trying to go with my career. But yeah, I can do it. What would be... You want a big picture? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah I'm, Duval, just Duval, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to think of like a big old picture of Duval's as soon as we walk Whoa. into his townhome being like, yo! <laughs> In your bedroom? <laughs> yeah. In his well, bedroom, when I'll... someone's over, you just look at like, look to your left, it's Duval, then you look up and it's Duval, he's everywhere. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that, but I thought like maybe like even if, um, like, you know, like if you have like, like late family members that you kind of oh, okay. wanted to do something special for your family, you know, um, and you kind of wanted to get that type of thing, like painted and framed or anything. And I was just talking just for the hell of it about my, <laughs> my, 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 my other room. Like, it's like a man cave. I got like half of it, just pictures of like Jordan and Panther stuff. But then like <laughs> at the other half, I had like this big picture of me in a hat. But, but anyway, I, I digress. But yeah, I have uh, done those projects. It was interesting. Um, I got a commission to do two people who had passed away, and they were very different times when they passed away. So the images that I had to work with, I like. I like to. I like to say that Photoshop is in my head because, like, I had to work them out somehow that so that they could look like they were in the same place at the same time. And like, one picture was extremely blurry, and I was trying to like make it work. Um, by looking at multiple pictures, like it was just, it, it, it does happen. And yeah. and it's those projects are really cool. Um, I also did one for uh, somebody who was not expecting it. They got it as a present. It was a image of them with their parents and of a picture that I had never seen and their parents had passed away. Um, and it's when they were younger. So to see not only an image of them with, oh, and I Photoshopped them in my head also with his parents, um, it was interesting. It like it makes people emotional to not only it's not a picture anymore. Like it, paintings kind of like bring it back to life a little bit. So those types of things I really like to do. Okay, and that was also I was going to ask. Like, is is that kind of one of the one of your biggest passion is is being able to take something that not necessarily is kind of like you said you're, you're you're a realist. So it's like taking something that. Is that difficult, whether it be in the 50s or 60s, and you putting that mental picture in your head to bring it to life in the 2000s or 2020, 
is that kind of one of your biggest passions that keeps you kind of like, you know, keeps the creative creativity going for you? Uh, no, not necessarily. I really like just, um, I like being able to add my, whatever you call it, my jazz. I don't know, my, my yeah. artistic. Your twist, your spin, uh, yeah. My So you, we talked about earlier your dream would be to collab with Disney and do a movie or something. What kind of, if it was just like, you know, would it necessarily be the background of like a Costa Rican background or do you already have something kind of in mind or do you not want to release that in case someone like comes and steals it and then all of a sudden you see it on the screen and you're like, yo, that was my idea. cartoons what you you mentioned too what was your favorite cartoon if you had to rank it and i know there's different rankings we got the movies we got the tv shows if you want to give your favorite kind of movie cartoon and then your favorite kind of tv character cartoon you know what really set with you and i do think that's an interesting point you brought up about how cartoons they they age but the characters stay the same in essence so you know, I, I'm with you. I still go back, and if I have trouble sleeping, I'll throw on a, a Hey Arnold or a Doug or some of the cartoons that I used to watch as a kid, and it's just like being brought back into time kind of thing. So what what is it for you that you, what are you two cartoons there? So movie cartoons, my favorite, uh, I really like Beauty and the Beast, and I like Pocahontas. Okay. And The Little Mermaid, although like when I grew up, and I was like, oh, she did all these things. We're not going to get into feminism right now. <laughs> but, but I loved uh, the cartoon itself. And I love Pocahontas. And I still love Pocahontas. Yeah. There are a few things again. But, yes. And then when it comes to uh, to TV, I was Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. Really? Okay. That was my jam. Oh, loved it. Okay. So what... Have, go ahead, Bridget. No, I was just going to ask, have you... Have you seen on Disney Plus the uh, making of Frozen 2? They do, like, the behind-the-scenes, um, like, how there's a bunch of, like, imagery and, and uh, like, artwork that they talk about in there. And if you haven't seen it, I think you'd really, really like it. Yeah, no, I haven't. I don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> uh, I, I tell myself I eventually will get the time. Um, but that... I would love to watch something. That type of stuff interests me. Uh, I remember watching, I don't know if it was a documentary, just a piece of something, uh, where they went into all these artist studios who were um, cartoonists for, um, was it Pixar maybe? Or I don't remember yeah. the, the, who it was, but I thought it was so cool. 
I'm not a cartoonist, which is interesting that I even want to create a cartoon, but I just, yeah. I think it would be a very cool project. Well, you, you'd like it too, because like, so I, I literally only have one other friend that re reminds me of you. You guys are like two of the coolest people that I know already, <laughs> like. You're, you're you're so much cooler than anybody else I know. I can just tell from this <laughs> conversation. But um, she she was talking about how cool that that particular um, movie is because she works for Disney. And the the coolest part about it is the person that's like the main creator of Frozen Two is a woman, and a lot of the people who create a bunch of the Disney stuff are men. So she, it was cool that she was one of the like head people in charge of creating that movie and. It's just really cool to watch. I think you'd really enjoy it if if you get the time. Hmm. No, I would love to watch. Yeah, that's I'm all about that. Now, another. Did you ever get to go to Disney World and do the cartoonist lab that they had there? No. Yeah, back in the day, I'm not sure if they still have it or not. But you were able to go through, and it was like on the hour they would do different characters, and they would take you it through it step by step of how to draw a cartoon, and it would be Donald one time, it would be Stitch one time, it would be different characters throughout the day, and it was over in, the, in their Hollywood studios. I'm not sure if it's still there because of all the different stuff they've, you know, changed and everything, but it was definitely one of those cool things because even without, you know, having the artistic ability, it kind of took you through the step-by-steps and kind of the circles and then the lines and all that kind of stuff. Wow! Yeah. yeah, no, I never did that. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've been to Disney maybe once, twice. Twice, yeah. So oh, you have to go back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> whenever I mean, I would say whenever COVID frees up, but it seems like they're pumping it out down there right now anyway. So you just throw a mask on and just let it rock, that, I guess. Yeah, that's what I hear, and I, I it sounds like they're trying to do it. Like I said, my friend worked for them, and she said like in comparison from disney to universal like disney's definitely taking things more seriously i guess but that she feels pretty safe um as far as covid while, while she's in the park so maybe you could get a, ch a ticket on the on the cheap yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so i don't know you did you ever draw any anime since you say you were in into dragon ball z no, I hate it. Okay, so I like the storyline, but I don't like the artwork. Oh, okay, okay. Really? I, maybe I did. I did probably when I was way, maybe like 10. I did some just because I, I liked the cartoon. Yeah. But no, when I was learning, I remember I was, I was teaching myself how to draw because I remember thinking like, this doesn't look like that. And I used to use the special moments uh, cartoons or the little kids yeah. and I would try to draw those because they had such big spaces and I, I don't know, my mom had them for a really long time but I I think I drew probably 20 to 25 of those cartoons just just practicing drawing uh, with those because they were easy yeah yeah, Did yeah. No. I don't like the graphics so you didn't like the, you just more like yeah. the storyline mm -hmm. I like watching five show five episodes just for like somebody to get hit <laughs> yeah there was that artwork if i could see how you think that because that I, I just picturing that show is very like basic kind of and when i was looking at your instagram i was like this, this is on another <laughs> level than what dragon ball is. <laughs> <laughs> but i like the dragon ball because of the imagination too 
not just the, the yeah. graphics in it, but the imagination of those people. And Tom and Jerry, those cartoons were those I appreciate a lot. The yeah. imagination and the cartoons themselves. So I'm starting to see a theme, though. You kind of like cartoons where people get hit because Tom and Jerry, they just bash each other with baseball bats and other inanimate <laughs> objects. <laughs> when, no, well, I like, well, yes, I guess I like the confrontation. Yeah. Oh, see, now the Costa Rican's coming out. You like the confrontation. Now we're getting down to it. Getting We like to get spicy into it. Okay. <laughs> So, did you also like Tweety Bird and Sylvester? I did. Okay. Yeah. I did like them. I like the Roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I liked all of those. <laughs> what else did I like when I was little? I don't know. Did, in the United States, did you guys watch Ranma? Or Ranma? I don't know. It's another anime. But it was really funny because there's a guy who fell into this pond in China. And the pond had, like, special powers. And so every time he got water on him, he would turn into a girl. <laughs> so oh. the, the storyline was really interesting because he falls in love with a girl, but then he also turns into a girl. And, like, it's just, it just plays Ooh. a lot. Oh. It's, it, yeah, it's I a was little... advanced for, advanced for uh, when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it wasn't like the that. most appropriate. Yeah, that's... That's way ahead of its time. <laughs> but that doesn't make a difference because when you look back at all the stuff that we were watching, you were like, well, we shouldn't have been watching that anyway. So, There's that too. Yeah. Well, that, what, well, the biggest... Also, the other side of that spectrum where some stuff is, like, extremely tone deaf and you're like, oh, my God, how did we let this go? Oh, yeah. I was thinking on the lines of, like, Ren and Stimpy. I know my parents used to not let us watch that because that show was just, I guess, nasty and vulgar or whatever it was. But, yeah, it is wild to look back and see some stuff that kind of slid through the cracks that wouldn't get through the today's cartoons. No. We watched are the Simpsons in my house, and got, my dad got in trouble every time my mom caught him letting us watch The Simpsons. <laughs> but that's a cool show to watch the progression of all the uh, like animation or drawing, I guess. Because when you watch a really old episode of The Simpsons, it looks completely different than the way it does now. Yeah. Well, now they're basically all digitally drawn. So they draw it kind of like on an iPad type thing, and they're not hand-drawing anymore. So that's kind of the change. So do you have any interest in that kind of stuff, like the digital kind of stuff, or you want to do all the, like, I don't even know what the word for it is, the opposite (laughs) of digital. (laughs) Like the graphic design? No. So computers and I do not get along. The the older I get, the more behind I get. Like it just does <laughs> it just does not work for me, and it's a pain. So if I can draw it out the whole thing, old school, yes. If they put oh. a computer in front of me and an iPad, I'll be like, what do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> so what are? I know we kind of touched on it earlier before. What are some of the other projects you've done around Charlotte? There, where if people wanted to go find your work and look at it and check it out, where could you find that? So I've done a couple murals. I did the one that is by the Panther Stadium on South Mint and West Palmer. Okay. Um, and then there is the other one that I did at Elizabeth. Uh, I think it's like a Greenway. Um, and then there's the uh, collaborative mural I did in Queens University. And what else have I done in Charlotte? Uh, those are the public art works, I believe. 
trying to think. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Now, if do you have any artwork currently for sale where if someone went to your website they could buy something, or is this more of a direct to, hey, this is what I would like, and you, you'd make it for them if the price is right? So, uh, yeah, I have a few pieces uh, for sale, very few. I have some that I have hanging at the Matthews uh, City Building right now. Some of those are on sale, but right now I'm only working on my Machismo series and then the public artwork. Um, so the machismo are not for sale just yet, mm -hmm. uh, because I want to show those first. And, uh, but I do have some prints of my work, uh, that I've done in the past and, um, yeah, that's about it. But I do so have some prints that you're working on that, that you're creating several pieces so that you can do a show with all those pieces together or what's, what's the Correct. behind that? Okay, cool. And yeah, where, that's the goal, 2021. Yeah, where will that oh, be displayed? Cool. Well, I'm still working on that. Okay, okay. So I'll let you guys know when I do uh, have a place because I have been through now, so many other uh, – So – What was that? I don't know. I was going to say, so when um, – when you said you had the stuff at like the Matthew down the Matthews Center or whatever, does that stuff? How much do you sell there? Does it get hits, or is it just kind of like a hit or miss? Because I always wonder, like I'll go into bars or something, or or a brewery, and they'll have stuff on the wall, and it'll say a price tag. Sometimes the prices are insanely high. Other times they're relatively right in, in the where the wheelhouse. But do you actually get hits there, or is it? I mean, I always wonder: does it, the stuff actually sell? I don't do a lot of those. Okay. Um, that type of thing. The reason why I want I did this one is because it is a, a city building, and I I like that. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I've never put work in a place where, aside from this, where people don't go there specifically for the work. Okay. I got you. Um, but I believe it depends. Uh, I mean, it depends on your artwork. It depends on the audience, and yeah. it depends on what, who you are. Have you gone and done like those pop up art festivals at places and put work, or are you like I said, are you just more to be hired with stuff? So I did one festival once, and that was it. That's all I needed. <laughs> oh, uh, it, yeah. Again, people are not there. It was like a festival, and then they had artwork. Okay. We're not there for the artwork, so I will not do that again. And then again, the prices are very uh, different for people who are just walking around than somebody who wants to go and like purchase art. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Before we open it up to a Thanksgiving question, does Duvar <laughs> Bridget, do you have anything left to ask? Yeah, I just want to ask, can you do something with this wall here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a prison wall. I've been living in this house for almost four years, and this has not, this, my main living room wall has nothing on it. Mm. <laughs> what you need? What you want? Mm, maybe like a Stephen Curry mural or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, but Bridget. Just kidding. My husband would go for that <laughs> but see what you but see bridget what you need is to to actually put it like on a 
on a piece where if you end up moving, you don't have to leave that there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So that's you would true. want it on... I'll save the mural work for the next my next house when I'm going to be in it for a long time because my mom did something like that and it's absolutely beautiful. So yeah. I'll do something this time where I, you're right, I should be able to take it because no, the person who gets this house next is going to get that basically for free and that's not fair. Yeah. 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 Or they'll just paint right over it and then it'll be just be right, lost forever. Yeah. That would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at least if you get it on something portable, you can take it wherever you go. You're right. You're, you're smart. You're hey, smart. listen, you know I have all this stuff in this basement that's crazy, so I know about I know. collecting things and artwork and all that stuff. So, yeah. Plus, then if, if times are ever really tough, then you have something you can sell on the side for some side change. I mean, it's just how it goes. See, now we're really thinking. Now we're really investing. <laughs> that's it. That's yes. it. That's why I always look at, I look at stuff like that. Artwork, to me, is always like, oh, you pay this for it, but... If you ever really needed some change, it's the price isn't necessarily going to depreciate. As long as you keep it in good condition, you can find somebody. But the tough thing about it is you got to find the right audience, which I know, Irisol, you're saying about going to shows. It's very tough to, or sometimes to find that person who's willing to pay that price. Yeah, but um, I don't. I don't think it's about the price. I think it depends on the artist and the work and the people connect to it then they'll pay for it. That's fair. It, art, I mean, it depends on... If, if you like art and uh, it does the thing that art does to you, then people will pay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People will always pay. That's true. <laughs> so, Thanksgiving's in a couple days. Everybody's doing whatever they want. Be safe. Don't be safe. It's not my business. But let's get to the food. <laughs> What we Duval and I Duval and I touched a little bit on it last week's episode on the guy that was on about a couple dishes. So we'll leave this up to Bridget and Irsel here. What are what are your three main dishes you have to have to consider yourself having a successful Thanksgiving? If you don't have them, you're going to be salty and you're going to talk about it all the way through the end of the year, and then you'll even bring it up till next Thanksgiving and be like, "Yo, we have to have." This or I'm gonna be mad. Uh, you know I never cook, so okay. whatever people want to feed me, I am happy with it. Oh, I do appreciate a good uh, broccoli casserole. Okay, and I'm, I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat turkey. Oh, you're a vegetarian. Bridget's vegetarian yeah. too. Look at that. Yay! Yay! <laughs> the turkey's not on our list. Okay. No turkey's not. A potato, uh, uh, deviled eggs. I like deviled eggs. That's good. Um, the, the potato salad. I don't know. Just the American dishes are fun. Okay. My Thanksgivings are really interesting because then you have like the Costa Rican dishes and then you have the American dishes and then you make a mixture of that and you don't really know what you're eating, but so, it all works out. So give us, give us three, what would be a, a Costa Rican, three dishes that are Costa Rican that Americans would be like, what the hell are you talking about? For Thanksgiving or just yeah. in general? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, mm, so my mom makes this Russian salad. It's like beets and which is weird, but I mean it's called Russian salad, but you eat it. <laughs> it's uh, it's beets Hello, and potatoes Russian with mayonnaise. Salad. It's really good. It doesn't sound very good as I'm describing it, but it's delicious. That stuff is always <laughs> uh, a hit. What is it? As Duval was saying, is it Russian, like the country, or rushing? 
Like, no, well, Russia? it's called Russian, like the country, but we eat it in Costa Rica. I don't know. Maybe it comes from Russia. Oh. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was like you're speeding to put something together. Yeah, like it's a fast yeah. make salad. Oh, no. The yeah, Russia, I don't want that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Is, it, is there another dish that would... Oh, oh, let's see. I don't know. We have plantains. It, it just depends on what we have. Okay. Uh, that make before uh, have some of those. Okay. Um, which are, you know, Costa Rican tamales are wrapped in plantain leaves. Mm-hmm. And they have all kinds of delicious veggies inside. And they're it's made out of corn um, flour. It's delicious. And what else do we have? Uh, and for desserts, uh, you know, tres leches and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Bridget. What are your three? Even though you're a vegetarian, I'm sure this is going to be controversial. Oh, I have plenty of options. Don't worry because about that. Because I um I make this. I'm making broccoli casserole at my Thanksgiving. Yes. So come on by. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I also I'm making. My husband really likes this corn casserole kind of thing that I make. Mm. It's like a kind of like a cornbread, but it actually has corn in it. If I didn't have some type of corn at my Thanksgiving, I'll be really upset by that because that's my favorite vegetable. I'd also be really upset if I didn't have some sort of potato. So, but I, I like so many different kinds. Like I'm good with mashed potatoes. I'm good with sweet potatoes. Um, you know, all that. But this year I'm making like a scalloped potatoes kind of thing. I'm going to try to do that from scratch. We'll see how that goes. And then I really need cheesecake on Thanksgiving. I really, really? need that. Cheesecake? Yeah. Cheesecake? Yep. On Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can go to Cheesecake yep. Factory and get that on a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Specific cheesecake or just Strawberries or cherries on it or anything? No, no. It's good. It's good the way it is. Mm, okay. So I, I got a syrup on it, but I got a Thanksgiving question since, since I, I I don't know anything about the vegetarian life. Um, so what protein do you use? Like, I mean, are you like <laughs> somebody making like a falafel casserole? <laughs> <or something like, laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Chick-fil-A sandwich is tough to give up, man. I'm telling you, ain't no need to give that thing up. Chick-fil-A sucks for vegetarians. I will say that. Life's life's too short to give up a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I want my niece to see the things that I saw. Yeah, well. My my husband is upstairs yelling back, talking about (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. So... So, Bridget, you're going scalloped potatoes. What are you thinking for that? Because 
I, I think I need to send you a video about experimenting on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not I a day know, to experiment. <laughs> that's like that's that's setting you up for failure and getting either cursed out or just people being angry and walking outside. So Listen, I hear you. I, I respect your opinion, but I this is the perfect uh, situation to practice something like this because my family will just try it and they'll literally eat anything and also give you your honest opinion. We're making so much stuff that it's not going to it's not going to make somebody walk out the room if. If I don't, I, I understand, if, but if it doesn't support. But what I'm saying is, you should have like a week or two ago, you should have tried to perfect it. You should have gave it a dry run. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's really hard when you just two people in a house. You're gonna make a whole casserole. Yeah. For two people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we bought all the over here. I got enough funds for one uh, scalloped potatoes, and that's it. Bridget, Bridget, potatoes are cheap. A bag of potatoes yeah, is like four dollars. Milk is not cheap. Cheese is not cheap. Cream is not cheap. None of the time, time is not cheap. Listen. Time is not cheap. I I, I hear everything that you're saying, Bridget. But but you you realize like you're really rolling this out like this is like rookie stuff. Like, <laughs> really don't no. like this. I do it every year and it's it flat. You put up fifty or you can have twelve turnovers. What? You can put up 50 and everybody's happy. You can have 12 turnovers. Yeah. So, you know, so. But say, you do, wait, you do this. So, wait, you try something new out every year. So, that means every year it's something new. That means the year before it was terrible. That's why you keep trying new things out? No, I just, I always see something on a cooking show that inspires me that I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. No. You're just going to wait no, till Thanksgiving no, to try it. Like, you're not going to go no, the rest no, of the year. No, no, no. No, no. No, that's not the time. You had the whole Bridget. pandemic. Yeah, you, you had, had the whole, whole pandemic. pandemic. You had any other day, your own Sundays, your own Saturdays, you could have been doing this testing out. I need to send you this YouTube video. I mean, this one's going around Twitter right now because it, it, it breaks the whole thing down of this lady just railing into her daughter about trying something new on Thanksgiving. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I, I'm not going to put some type of crazy ingredient in a, like, staple dish. This okay. is just scallop potatoes. Right. I've just never but made is it a staple dish? You've never done it. Has yeah. How is it a staple dish? I've made it from the box before. Oh, no. Oh, so yeah. she has tried it. Oh. Now you're not going to use the box? You're just going to go <laughs> off of memory. Okay. Let me, let me, let me hear this scallop potato recipe real quick. You want me to pull it up? No, you don't even know it. Oh, no, oh, you don't even know oh. it. This is tough. No, I don't know it. I, it's new. It's new. Oh, man. Yeah. How am I supposed to know it already? How many recipes do you know by heart? Oh, I got I them all. All up here. <laughs> the, the best part, Bridget, you could have just rolled off something and I would have believed you, but see, you told on yourself, and now I know you don't know it. Yeah, you're just somebody who brings well, listen, a brand I'm new dish to it. Thanksgiving. I'm going to make it, and, and not only am I going to make it, I'm going to take a video of people trying it, and I'm going to save you some, because after you watch the video of them trying it, you're going to say, damn, I wish I had me some. I, you know, family, they're going to be nice to you. Yeah, yeah, you, you got too many nice. My family doesn't mean not, my family's not nice for no reason. It's okay. nice with the person. 
Okay. Well, I, I look forward to this content. I already know how it would go. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you can't, it's it's tough to, that's a bold move to, to do try something new Thanksgiving Day. That's a wild move. But now as I'm getting to know you more and more, Bridget, you're just a wild move type of person. You just be pulling up, you just be pulling wild, crazy things on Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, Lord. So, by all means. Anything else wild you're trying on Thanksgiving? Like, yeah. anything else wild you're trying? Like, a new wine or <laughs> anything. Like, I, I'm just figuring, I'm just asking, just seeing what else you're going to be trying to, to pull off. I always have new wine that we're going to try, but every, actually, I, I do have this other thing I was thinking about, but that one I thought was too risky, so I, I don't think I'm going to do that. Oh, okay. What but, was that? Um, <laughs> it was like, it, it's, it's kind of like, and I might do it, though. I might do it. But it's like, a, um, I don't, I don't want to say it because you guys are going to judge me. You're not going to say, no, we're just going to do that. No, there's no judgment. No, no, no judgments no, here. No, I don't judge. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever had, like, a penne vodka? Yeah, the sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like that, but it's like pumpkin with cream, like a pumpkin cream sauce that is with pasta. So it's kind of it would be in place of like a macaroni and cheese. <laughs> but Rachel Ray made it. <laughs> <and> it <looked laughs> look at you! Look at, oh look at no, that would. I'm, I'm glad you didn't try that. Place mac and cheese. Yeah, you can't. That's you can't. My people don't really care about mac and cheese. Oh, that's because they ain't had it made right. Oh, they ain't had, had it made the right. right. They ain't had the right they, Yeah, you ain't had it made right if you don't care about mac and cheese. That's just facts. <laughs> oh. You know, I'm going to do both of them. I'm going to do both of them. Oh, but you really going to have people just throwing up in the side, like going to the bathroom is what that's going to be about. It's like we're pumpkin family. mac and cheese. No, it's not. It doesn't have, like... It's not like a pumpkin mac and cheese because it's not going to have like a ton of cheese in it. It's just going to be like a, a pumpkin cream. But see, sauce. again, that's something you try out on a random Tuesday three weeks ago. Oh. You don't bust that thing out at the Thanksgiving day. You you could try it out. To, I might try. I'll try that one tomorrow. Yeah, try it tomorrow. I think you try it tomorrow and you leave that you leave that in the double A's. You don't bring that up to the, the major leagues. Cheap ingredients. Those are cheap ingredients. Yeah, you, and it'll be fast. You leave that in the minor leagues. You let that sit in the minors for a little bit until it gets up to. And I'm not saying just yeah. you and and Daryl and your parents try it. You need to bring that over so multiple people can actually try it and give the real feedback, not just five people. What do you guys yeah, think? Roll this out Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> roll that out Christmas. Yeah. But what if it slaps? What if I make it tomorrow and it slaps? I, okay, well then you can make it slap in, in December <laughs> too, right? But you can't, you, so, so, because this is the thing. So what you can't do is, is like, if you've got everybody that they've tried it, like, oh, this is great. All you need is one person to be like, oh, yeah, make sure you bring this next time we yes. have something. So then you're like, okay, cool. Now I've already stamped it. So then now what if you bring it and then it's sitting next to the mac and cheese and more people are eating the mac and cheese and they ain't really trying it. And then, like, it's, if you got half, you got three quarters of a bowl left going back on Thursday. Like, and then uh, I thought it slapped, you yeah. know. So and then you're talking about wasting money. You just wasted your money because ain't nobody even ate it. I can't keep practicing all my recipes only on Daryl. I need some more feedback. Listen, hey, you listen. I'm in Belmont. She's in Belmont, yeah. You know where we are. We have, yeah. 
Any oh, day. You, you want to come get some uh, pumpkin pasta tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be there. There you go. She's going to try it. And I'm going to bring it to your house, too, Jacob, and you guys both can Hey, it. hey, I don't know. I hadn't seen you in about a month, Bridget, so I don't know if you ever showing back up, you know? I'm on, I'm on vacation starting tomorrow. I'm free till, thir- till uh, Sunday. <laughs> All right. So that was good Thanksgiving breakdown. Irsul, did you have have you had a chance to look at the uh, questions yet? <coughs> oh, excuse me. While she looks at those, the warehouse distillery wine under the bridge escape one on our notebook questions. We'll do a quick NFL pick 'em top ten. Somehow I'm still sitting in first. Jesse's in second. All favorites is third. Duval, you are in fourth. <clears throat> Paris is in fifth, Jerry Ann is in sixth, Danielle's in seventh, Josh Hurley's in eighth, Logan's in ninth, and Brittany is in tenth. Bridget, I didn't get it. Let me look real quick to see where you are. Duval, is it suspicious at all that the guy running the show is in first place? If it was rigged, we wouldn't have four years of different winners now. Hey, we had you got you you had to get the kid. The kid was running before. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to do it this year. <laughs> Bridget, you are in thirty fourth place. Out of out of a total 34. out of forty eight. What do the check marks mean? The what check marks the check marks mean they have been asked. So try to pick one that has not been check marked. Oh, okay. Um, I'll give you your thirty fourth, Bridget. But it's out of forty eight. But really. The bottom, like, eight people have kind of stopped. So, so all, like all, the last of the all, that are trying. Yeah, all underdogs is, like, in last place with uh, 50 points. And you are in 34th with 79. So you're okay there. But you're, as, as it is, I have 92 points. So you just got to keep chugging along. It's your first year. No it's way. okay. See, this is why you test things out before you just, you know, roll them out on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. it's, my, it's my trial. It's my trial. Uh, pick them, run. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh. trying to beat Jeeves. That's true. Jeeves, uh... Where's he at? Jeeves is in... 28, probably. Yeah, that's where he's been. He's in 24th. He, move, he moves, he moves up to, like, 24th, then he drops back down to 28th. Then he moves up to, like... 22, and then he drops back down. I think his highest two weeks ago was like 16th or something. Well, all favorites within the top five, I just, I take more risks. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's a science that comes down to it, and it's almost, we talked about it Sunday, you know, watching the game. It's it's like a, you, you if you pick all favorites, you're going to finish in the top 10, but you'll never win it. So you've got to, out of the games, you've got to pick, at max, at max, which is getting like five upsets. Because mm-hmm. if you pick too many upsets and they never fail, then you're not gaining enough points. Well, I already know why I'm losing then, because I pick the Giants every week. Well, yeah, I, you know, th- and that can be one of your upsets, but you just can't go over too many because then you're not gaining enough points. And then also you got to hope you hit on your upsets. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. But if you burn them and you don't hit your upsets, you got to make like it's just you can't go too many upsets because then you're just you're walling around only getting like seven eight points. Um, 
Okay. All right, you got one. Am I interrupting? No, you're good. We're no. ready. We're ready whenever no. you want. Okay, okay. So, um, uh, early to bed or stay up all night? Is early to bed, early to rise, or up all night, sleep all day? Uh, definitely early to bed, early to rise. That is one of my goals on the regular, and I feel so accomplished when I do it, but it doesn't happen a lot. That's it. That's I, mine. I, it's wild because I, I do a little bit of mixing of both depending on what's going on. And, you know, having a kid, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta dabble in a little bit of everything. But I know, like, in college, I was all about staying up a little bit. I'd stay up later. Now, I wouldn't sleep all, like, sleep all day. I, I'm the type of person I can run off of about, you know, six, five to six hours of sleep. It may not be at full efficiency, but... You know, now it's different if you're hungover, because the older you get them hangovers, they're worse and worse. But, you know, I can still, if it's okay, if I go to bed at like 2 and I have to get up at 7, I can be all right. Now, it's not saying I won't be yawning and stuff, but I could be functional and get it done. Um, But going early to bed, unless I'm just exhausted or I'm sick or something, it's tough for me because I like to watch shows, you know, catch up on my shows, my TV shows and all that kind of stuff, so... I'm a mix of both. As a cop-out answer that is, I'm a little bit of a mix of both depending on what's going on. I just feel super accomplished. when I Usually when I wake up really early, I get so much done. Yep. And I'm more creative in the morning than I am at any other time during the day. So, like, if I don't get my creative Sleep. ideas out in the morning, they're, they're going to be crap okay. later on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a... I'm definitely going to be uh, early to bed, early to rise. And see, depending on who you talk to, your early to bed may not be as early. <laughs> That's true. That That's true. <laughs> so, but, but also, your early to bed to you, you're like, I mean, if I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, somebody's like, oh, that's too early. Like, no, not for me. I'm good there. And I mean, I'm up and, you know, I'm, I'll get up, go work out, do whatever you're going to do, and then start getting your day going. And I mean, I feel like that's the best thing because. If I sleep in till like 10, 11 o'clock, I, to me at that point, I feel like half the day is gone because then you're sitting at lunchtime and then it's next thing you know, it's the afternoon, especially in the wintertime. The sun will be going down at 5.15, 5.30, so it's like, yeah. oh, here's the end of the day. So early mm-hmm. to bed, early to rise for me. That's how I feel too because if I wake, if I go to bed late, I really need to sleep late or else I'm worthless the next day. Like I'm in such a bad mood, please don't cross me or like if you regret it like it's not, it's not it's not cute at all and then when i'm sleeping late it's like i wake up late and then it's like eh, well now i need to i need to wake up more so i need to make a nice little breakfast or something next thing you know the day is wasted especially when i'm hungover i really don't feel like doing anything and it seems like that's when your to-do list is just like so long but really, during the week, we wake up at 5.30 in the morning to go work out. So we go to sleep probably like 9.30 or 10. So we, we go to bed pretty early usually during the week. But then I get and then I go to a cookout at Jacob's house, and next thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, where did the time go? This is a great night. I don't want to take this back. So, yeah. Well, you, yeah, sometimes you gamble on some of those, so you know. 
And it's worth so it. It's of, worth it sometimes, every once in a while. But yes. for longevity, I'm early to bed, early to rise. But every once in a while, you got to throw in one of those two, three o'clock in the morning so you have something to remember. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, I was, go ahead, sorry, Ariel. Go ahead. As, as I was reading the questions um, before you said that the ones were not with the check mark, you know, I've never been on Tinder. Oh. Was that one of the questions that Tinder. said, like, Yeah, the worst question? ever date on Tinder is like, oh. Yeah. Am I missing out? Is it fun? No, but you're married now, right? Uh, yeah, but, like, is it fun? Like, was it fun? I was know. Fun? I got married before the, the yeah. like, that whole stage, too, so I have no idea what it's like. About, I think we're okay, because I think that, especially for women, I think we're better off this way, because you never know, you could just be going on a date with a serial killer. And just, <laughs> I, I feel like that's all the time. I, I'll, yeah, true. I'll say, from what my experience is of, like, when our buddies would use it, we would get, the only way the only experience I had with it was years ago. You'd get drunk and you'd get their phone and you would just swipe right on everybody and see who would respond. And then you just kind of chat back and see if you could set up a date for them. So in that aspect, it was fun. But again, by the time I mean I was dating Jerrianna in, in college, it was well before that, and I never really experienced it personally for myself. Besides, through another person's. Yeah, definitely and fun see, to see I your did, And see, I did kind of like when it first came out. Um, and it was, like I said, it was cool. It was something different. Um, but it really, like, it, it's, it, it was okay. I think now it's kind of transitioned to, like, it's something totally different. And I think people are a little bit crazier. Not that people weren't crazy at the time when I was on it. But I think people were just crazy. So, or just crazy now. So, um, it is definitely a little different, but yeah, I, I mean, I remember nights where I'd be drunk leaving the club, and I would just swipe until I couldn't swipe anymore. Like my hand would start bleeding. Like, just, like, like I don't, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen. Yeah, I, I don't know if you ever saw the, the episode of uh, Family Guy when Quagmire gets tender. Um, I think it's like I think it's like season. It's either either fourteen or fifteen, and it's it's the tender episode. Where Quagmire gets Tinder, and you just see him like in like restaurants everywhere, just swiping and just connecting and all that other kind of stuff. So, so yeah, that's not that the character was... you want to be like. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But like I watched, and I was like, holy cow! Like I never thought Tinder would make it. It was that big to where it was. I mean, on a TV show. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. true. All right. Well, I think we got it all. Earsol, do you have any final words, final thoughts before we send it off here? Uh, no, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a lovely conversation. It has been good. Now, I don't know. I think we might have missed it at the jump. If people want to find you on social medias, where can you be found? If you want to be found. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, my uh, website is my name, com. And my social media, Facebook and Instagram, are the same, which is at Irisol Gonzalez Art. And that's it. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Duval, Bridget. Thanks for stopping by as well. Stay after a I'll little bit. I'll get you up and let you know what time the uh, uh, pasta will be ready tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You send me <laughs> yes. all the you send me I'm all right there, Mama. I'll be painting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, stay a little bit after so we can get a photo, but yes, thanks for everyone for stopping by and let's see if Bridget has been listening. Bridget, how do we send the podcast out? 
Peace.